So I like to partake in board games with my friends every once in a while. Uh-huh. And I think I've gotten to the point where I just cannot play any sort of game where I have to lie to other people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because the crowd quickly turns on me. And this is how it <laughs> happened no multiple times. Did this realization come about after the the sorry you can't go away party? Oh, no. <laughs> no. Previously, we did an unlock like escape room game that night. Uh-huh. And we lost badly. Oof. It took we died we were dead for like over an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and we still hadn't solved it and we did have to cheat to solve it. Oh shit. <laughs> Oof, that's well, not good. And I, I say we. There was some cheating happening. Much to the disappointment of other members of the team who were like, come on. <laughs> Let's no, it was true to the purity of the game. It was Vern and Zeth. <laughs> and that's because they both had a handle on it. Uh-huh. And <laughs> everyone else was like, we gotta get out of here! <laughs> yeah. And at a certain point, I was like, I honestly don't see how I could possibly solve this. So I have to cheat to get ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe I'm just bad at board games. That could be. Well, with the lying games, though, I think I'm just a little too good at lying. Okay. Because halfway through, people start going, Kiana, I'm never going to look at you the same again. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday, we were playing Coup at mm-hmm. my friend Never's housewarming party, mm-hmm. and I had a card. So basically, it's like a... I was going to say, I've never heard of this game. It's a card game where you get assigned a role. So you can be like an assassin or a contessa or a captain. Okay. And each position has various powers. Okay. But what the contessa specifically does, which is the one I had, Mm -hmm. is it prevents any assassination against you. Okay. So only assassins can assassinate and you spend three coins to do it. Mm -hmm. Everybody can do a coup, Mm -hmm. which is seven coins, but you have to get up to the seven coins to spend. And I had been lying. (laughs) (laughs) But then somebody had tried to assassinate me. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, I'm a contestant, so you can't. Mm -hmm. And then they challenged me. And when you get challenged, you have to show the card. Uh Uh-huh. Sorry, I hit the table. And I, in a very bitchy fashion, (laughs) I went, I'm a contestant, you can't kill me. And they went, I'm challenging you. And I went, me? A liar? And then I flipped it over, and then he died. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) But now he does not trust me. (laughs) And I will be ID'd every time I go into their house, just to ensure that it is me. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. (laughs) That's hysterical. I love that. That sounds like a fun game. Mm -hmm. Let's play. But also, you have to sign a contract that says... We will continue the podcast even if I do not trust you anymore. <laughs> That's fair. I get very competitive yeah. in games. We played a game the other night with a couple of friends. And it was the lowest stakes possible kind of game. It was a choose your own adventure mm, like mm-hmm. story game. And at every turn, I was like, what the hell are we doing, guys? This is an adventure game. <laughs> Let's go to the basement, not to the gazebo. You know, yeah, because you wanted you wanted a spooky adventure. Exactly. And I was like, turns out every choice I made, we were going to end up dead or something. (laughs) I was like, well, shit, I got outvoted like five times. (laughs) I was like, come on. So we raised the danger level a little bit. 
what's the worst that can happen? Exactly. And then we got attacked by a, a monster outside the guard tower. So, you know, <laughs> six of one, half a dozen of the other. <laughs> Uh, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Hey, this is that broad Scott Moxie. It sure is. My name is Kiana. I'm Cassie. Danny's here. Mm-hmm. And for <laughs> for our entertainment and y'all's entertainment, mm-hmm. Danny is <laughs> <laughs> listening to us editing. Kind of. Oh. Uh, but she's editing a different episode. So she has headphones on, but she can, so she's listening to an episode and editing it, but also is in the room with us Mm -hmm. listening to us have this conversation in real time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we're gonna, (laughs) Oh my gosh. She does in fact have two headphones in one ear. So wow, we'll see how this goes. (laughs) Yeah. This is going to be a lot. (laughs) I'm glad it's not me. Me too. I did all my work. Thanks, Danny. Good luck, love. <laughs> pat, pat. <laughs> All right. Well, what are we going to talk about today? Spooky shit. Spooky shit. That's what we're going to talk Hell about. Hell yeah. <laughs> and I, we've already discussed it. Mm-hmm. I am going first. Yes. Danny's busy. We can't ask her any more of these questions, so we <laughs> had to figure it out beforehand. So, with that, I'm just going to jump right in. Okay. So... Women throughout history, especially in film and TV, have been placed in one category or another, depending on what purpose they serve. There's the heroine, there's the damsel in distress, the girl next door, etc., etc. The final girl. The final girl. Halloween. Yes. Yes. But today, I'm going to share a tale with you from the dark side as we discuss the vamp. Ooh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> As Kiana switches which one she's doing first. <laughs> We're recording two episodes today, and I sat down and went, okay, well, based on what you talk about, I'm just going to choose which one of mine I'm going to do. So Keeks just did a switcheroo in front of my eyes. Okay. This is a quote. It's one of my favorite quotes. It's from Interview with a Vampire by Anne Rice. Quote, they had forgotten the first lesson, that we are to be powerful, beautiful, and without regret. Ooh. Ooh so good. What? Oh, <laughs> I talked about it last episode, how much I love Interview with a Vampire. Yeah, you sure did. I sure did. So I should have known it would have come up. Good book. <laughs> great movie. Yeah. Okay. So, a classic trope in media of all kinds, the evil woman, the vamp, is beautiful, deceitful, and manipulative. She uses her sex appeal to make men behave immorally. Not that they need any help. <laughs> that's, what, that's what the patriarchy wants us to believe. Exactly. She is so wicked that she will not be swayed from her path of darkness. She knows what she wants. She sure the hell does. So, while the word vampire appears in the Oxford Dictionary as far back as 1734, the vampire as we know it today was made popular by Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm -hmm. Also, great book and fun fact. Have you ever read? um, I haven't. No? Dracula. God damn it. I should. You really should. Because sexuality and, like, seduction and just sexy sexiness Mm -hmm. (laughs) are are like big 
themes in the book. So you should read it or you should listen to it because it's so good. Okay. It's it's very fun. It is it is a classic. It, is. it has it has to be good Literally. if it stood the test of time. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So the first use of vampire equals like a sexy mysterious woman. Mm-hmm. Right? Stems from the 1897 painting The Vampire by Philip Byrne Jones, which was highly inspired by Bram Stoker. This is the painting called The Vampire. Okay. Okay. So it's black and white. Mm-hmm. Do you know the medium? Is it like ink or is um, it paint? I, I, think, I mean, it's a painting. I think it is. <laughs> I think it is paint, but it is okay. in black and white. And it is a man passed out on a bed. Yes. Arm hanging off the bed mm-hmm. and a woman, very sexy, sultry, uh-huh. above him. Yes, kind of looming over him mm-hmm. a little bit, mm-hmm. right? She is very awake. He is very not awake. He is very not awake. <laughs> he is very incapacitated. Indeed. So, <laughs> so this painting, The Vampire, does elicit certain thoughts. Mm-hmm. Mostly, is that man dead? <laughs> <laughs> or is he just petered out <laughs> from other exhaustive activities mm-hmm. you know so a, there is a lot of question in the there picture. is a lot of question okay so also 1897 was just like a hopping year yeah a lot lot going on that year uh, yeah they're prepping for that turn of the century yeah yeah <laughs> exactly they were like we got to get all the good stuff in before it's over <laughs> <laughs> right so Bram Stoker's Dracula came out and then this painting the vampire and then also that year Rudyard Kipling mm-hmm. wrote a poem called The Vampire. Okay. And so these are just two verses. They're not consecutive verses. Okay. I'm putting my hand up. Please. Because do. I do like pointing this out. Yes. Kipling, massive racist, fucking terrible guy. Fucking garbage. <laughs> he wrote the poem White Man's Burden. Yep. And it's the most infuriating thing piece that I've read over and over piece again. Piece of shit. <laughs> Humongous piece of shit. Piece of shit. Yeah. But let's listen to the vampire. But let's listen to (laughs) piece of shit. But also, uh, they gave him a platform. (laughs) Fucking sure did. Because racists were rampant back then and now. (laughs) And now. (laughs) Not a lot's changed, (laughs) y'all. Okay. So, the first verse I'm going to read. A fool there was, and he made his prayer, even as you and I, to a rag and a bone and a hank of hair. We called her the woman who did not care, but the fool he called her his lady fair, even as you and I. Then the second verse. The fool was stripped to his foolish hide, even as you or I, which she might have seen when she threw him aside, but it isn't on record the lady tried. So some of him lived, but most of him died, even as you or I. Oh, I do like that. <clears throat> I do too. <laughs> Damn that Kipling. <laughs> Son of a bitch. You know what else I like of Kiplings? The Jungle Book. The Jungle Book. <laughs> I Still garbage. Uh, there was a moment in class when I read The White Man's Burden uh-huh. and then his name is on it. Uh-huh. And then I separately saw The Jungle Book and uh-huh. I was like, it's the same fucking guy. <laughs> it's the same guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things I told Danny the other day. I had a real moment of crisis where I was having to come to terms with 
loving art mm-hmm. or loving music or this or that, but knowing that the person who made it is fucking garbage. And I was like, that's fine because both of those things can be true. <laughs> <laughs> you can be a giant piece of shit, mm-hmm. but also make some good stuff. Mm-hmm. So there it is. Anyway. I do, I do also support people who are like, hey, this guy's a piece of shit and I want nothing to do with his art. Absolutely. <laughs> because that's valid. That also is valid. All choices, valid. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. So basically, this poem is about a man and the woman he loves. He gives her everything that he has. She takes everything from him mm-hmm. before she leaves him. And then, like, it's half alive. How? Kind of not. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. oh, God. He's literally throwing everything at you. How very dare she, mm-hmm. like, take it and be like, thanks. Bye. <laughs> Okay. The poem, however, became much more popular when it was quoted in the 1915 silent film, A Fool There Was. Oh. And this is when the trope of the vamp, quote unquote, was born. So the plot of many classic silent films was this. A nice, upstanding, white American man Mm -hmm. must choose between his wholesome, virginal, sweetheart, lady love, mm-hmm. right? And this super sexy, dark, mysterious seductress. Okay. Right. The vamp was most often played by a woman with dark hair, mm-hmm. pale complexion, copious amounts of black eyeliner. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> and is often portrayed because it's in black and white. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it was, like, dark red or dark green, but obviously it's just dark and alluring and or just, like, not wearing much of anything. Oh. Mm. No. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So the female vampire, in quotes, a woman who sucks the life out of the men they seduce, became a fixture in pop culture. The woman in charge of bringing the vamp style and character to life was Theta Bara. Mm-hmm. Theta Bara was born Theodosia Burr Goodman. <gasps> and, yes, she was. Abs- <laughs> she was absolutely named after the daughter of the U.S. Vice President Aaron Burr. Okay. It was, she's not, though. She's not. No, she's okay. not. No, she is not. But she was named after Theodosia Burr. Okay. Which I was like, oh, how fun. <laughs> that is fun. <laughs> okay. So, Theta Barra was born on July 29th, 1885, which makes her a Leo, <laughs> in Cincinnati, Ohio. She began her acting career at a local theater after high school, but nothing terribly exciting happened with that. Until she was cast as the leading lady in the silent film version, A Fool There Was, which is the one I was talking about before. Mm-hmm. So... This film, again, is about a single woman with a love of velvet and fur and jewels and everything decadent. Mm -hmm. She seduces a married man and then just rinses him for everything he's got. (laughs) (laughs) So, during her five-year contract with Fox Studios, she appeared in over 40 films in five fucking years. Mind you, they were only like 20 minutes long. Mm -hmm. But, But they do... (laughs) <laughs> we no it's, surprise actresses at that time uppers downers upper, <laughs> workhorses right. constantly <laughs> yeah. yes exactly 
So some of these films, I was like, oh my God, the names are too much. So some of these films included The Galley Slave, Mm -hmm. Sin, Destruction, The Serpent, (laughs) The Tiger Woman, The Rose of Blood, Salome, (laughs) The Forbidden Path, and When a Woman Sins. (laughs) Those are all very cool names. They are very cool (laughs) names, but it's like... It's a pattern. Yeah. <laughs> happening like, here. You can, just from the titles. Mm-hmm. Typecasting? Probably. Probably. <laughs> Definitely. Fun fact. While filming Cleopatra mm. in 1917, where Theta Barra played the title role. Oh. Uh, oh. So good. I mean, it's not great because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a white Jewish woman from Cincinnati <laughs> playing Cleopatra. Queen of Egypt. Queen of Egypt. <laughs> Notably not white. Yes. (laughs) Theta conveniently discovered that she was, in fact, the reincarnation of the long-dead Egyptian queen. That's so convenient. I know. Good for her. Yeah. (laughs) Saying, quote, I know I am a reincarnation of Cleopatra. I live Cleopatra. I breathe Cleopatra. I am Cleopatra. That's method. (laughs) (laughs) It's very method and it's oh so film noir and like (gasps) dramatic. I love it so much. Okay. So (laughs) because of this, Theta and her agents came up with a wildly false background story for herself. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Again. Trash, but so good. Forgetting her Jewish childhood in Ohio. Theta Bara, an anagram for Arab death. Mm-hmm. Interesting. They reportedly was born in the Sahara in the shadows of the pyramids as the Egyptian daughter of an Italian sculptor and a French actress that then trained in acting in Paris alongside Sarah Bernhard. Describe my face. <laughs> <laughs> Confused? What? Uh, what? <laughs> Excuse me. Just a lot of like, uh, I'm going to need some further explanations. First of all, why are you so pale? (laughs) Very good question. Because she is extraordinarily pale. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Although I do. I do like the idea of just coming up with a fake backstory. Isn't it fun? (laughs) I do like that. Like, aside from all the terribleness of, like, we're just going to completely whitewash all of history Mm -hmm. and make up a a horseshit. Mm -hmm. Like, you're a (laughs) middle-class white Jewish woman from Cincinnati? (laughs) Are you kidding me right now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, all of that. Just, if you're going to do it, do something fun. Nothing harmful. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... Theta Bara is now considered by many to be the first true sex symbol in Ooh. the history of Hollywood. Because, god damn it, is she fabulous. Theta inspired many other actresses to take on the vamp role. And I'll show you some of these pictures. And mm-hmm. also post them on the Instagram. Yes. Because, oh god, the eyebrows, the, the early, the early 1900s eyebrows, the Dark eyeliner, the mm, the like bee stung dark lip, <laughs> gorgeous like a plum, just thick and juicy on the face. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, so some of these other vamp roles were played by Valeska Surratt, Musadora. Oh, good name. That's a good. 
These are all good names. I wrote the good ones down. I was uh, like, most of them are. There were a couple like, eh, that's kind of boring. Mm-hmm. So, Valeska Surratt, Musadora, Nita Naldi, Olga Petrova, Jetta Goodall, and Pola Negri. And I was like, oh, these are exotic fucking names. They're probably also from fucking Cincinnati. But <laughs> all of them are from Cincinnati. <laughs> Cincinnati is pumping out vamps like it's going out of style. Exactly. <laughs> so every one of these vamp ladies just really committed to the character. They embraced the darkness, mm-hmm. gave out beauty advice about, you know, how to be an evil dark seductress, mm-hmm. <laughs> and discussed how they found inspiration for their villainous roles. Theta Barrow once said, quote, the hawk has taught me how to pray and how to be crafty and then how to swoop down suddenly and seize my picture victim while he is still hesitating. <laughs> that is cool. Yes. And Virginia Pearson, who was another famous vamp, mm-hmm. stated, quote, I never waste time. When I see what I want, I go after it. And I was like, (laughs) love that. Yes. So why was everyone so attracted to vamps? Because they're hot. Because they're hot. Uh, (laughs) End of end of explanation. (laughs) (laughs) These seductive ladies challenge social norms, right? Mm -hmm. They're sexual. They're aggressive. They obviously symbolized the consequences of women being left to their own whims people are like oh my god if we don't constrain them they'll turn out like this they'll turn out empowered <laughs> Gasp. yeah exactly the supernatural aspect of the vamp fit right into like the spiritualism and mysticism that was happening at the time you know at the beginning of the 20th century they were thrilling and exotic had amazing backstories mm-hmm. and they they had like a mystique and like a like a magical quality to them yeah right i feel like mystique is the word that is the word vamp, you know absolutely absolutely it's just like you can't really put your finger on it no but they're... it's just the power <sighs> that emanates look <laughs> all vamps mm-hmm. exude serious Scorpio energy. And I'm like, I love it. I do believe that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Though the vamp era came and went pretty quickly, it only lasted, spitball in here, like Mm -hmm. 30 years. It was a pretty quick trend. Yeah. That's too bad. Um, These grandmothers of goth ruled... (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that too. (laughs) These grandmothers of goth ruled the silver screen. And I mean, who doesn't love a dark, broody, sexy woman of mystery? Yeah. The end. (laughs) Okay. So I've... You saw me switch. I saw you do the switcheroo, yes. Switcheroo. Because I feel like it was a good opportunity to kind of stay on theme. <gasps> and, talk- <laughs> and talk about maybe a more modern iteration. Yes, please. And I'm going to talk about Morticia Adams. Yeah. So a fictional man. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. Played by... The people who had to play Morticia had to be Bambi. They sure they, they had, had to be. Uh huh. It's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Truly. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a way of being. Yeah. Ooh, I'm excited. All right. Okay. Tell me everything. So Morticia Adams 
maiden name Frump. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you found Morticia Adams' maiden name. There's a. Oh l- my gosh. <laughs> I was doing the notes and I was like, wow, there's a lot about the Adams family and like Morticia. And I do appreciate it. I love it. <laughs> So her nickname is Tish, mm-hmm. as you often hear in the movies if you've seen them. And she's the matriarch of the iconic Ookie Spooky Adams family created by Charles Adams. Yes. So the family made their first appearance into the mainstream in the New Yorker newspaper in 1938 as a satirical antithesis of the ideal American family. And continued the cartoon strip shenanigans mm-hmm. until 1988. Holy shit. Popular. Yeah. Popular. (laughs) The family are on the outside of normal society and live in a big gothic house and are obsessed with everything macabre. Girl, me too. (laughs) Because they are the antithesis to the ideal American family, they are portrayed as rejecting the idea of the, like, perfect outside perception Mm -hmm. and introvert the cold, uptight nuclear family by being loving and accepting. (laughs) Amazing. Adopt me. They love each other unconditionally, and that's nice. (laughs) The popularity of the comic strip was major, and the Addams Family found themselves being portrayed in TV series, films, books, and video games. Everything. Mm -hmm. So, originally, none of the characters had names in the comic strip. Really? Yeah. But when the strip was turned into a TV show Uh in 1964, that's when it changed. Okay. So, Morticia was named so that her name would invoke the idea of death. Or of a mortician. Mm-hmm. In his original description of Morticia, creator Charles Adams states that she is, quote, the real head of the family. Low-voiced, incisive, and subtle. Smiles are rare. Contemptuous and original. And with fierce family loyalty. Even in disposition. Muted, witty, sometimes deadly. Oh, God, I love her so much! <laughs> Morticia is very likely a witch. Uh, with lineage that dates back to Salem, Massachusetts. You know, Mm -hmm. the witch trials. Mm -hmm. Born to Mother Hester or Griselda. Okay. Changes. Frump. That is Frump. Mm -hmm. And Father, finally, it's not the mother who was unnamed. Frump. (laughs) 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 Morticia was the youngest of two siblings. Ophelia, her older sister, is described as cheerful blonde haired and is depicted wearing a flower crown. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And growing up, Morticia was very different from her and had antisocial tendencies, so she was homeschooled. Okay. There, she learned everything from math to science to organic poisoning from her mother. Excellent. And her mother is more commonly referred to as Grandma Frump throughout Mm -hmm. the series. Although there is a fairly built-out childhood for Morticia in the original comic strip series, it's not very popular nor accurate since things have changed over time. Sure. So I won't get into it, but it does include negligence (laughs) on her mother's back. (laughs) Jeez. <laughs> Bad. Anyways, Morticia undoubtedly has a signature look. And oh, its yeah. impact on the goth community cannot be measured. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is for the goths. Yes, queen. <laughs> so she's extremely pale, tall, slim, with long, dark black hair parted down the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wears long black hobble dresses with fairly deep V-cut necklines most of the time. And if it's not that neckline, it's some equally gothic alternative. Yep. She is married to Gomez Adams and has two to three children, depending on what you're watching. That's right. 
<laughs> the two she's always depicted as having are Wednesday Adams and Pugsley Adams. And we'll get into the third child, Pubert, mm-hmm. <laughs> in a second. <laughs> but be patient. Okay. So we've already touched on the comic strip. Let's get into the 1964 show. Okay. The first episode aired September 18th, 1964 on old ABC. Mm. When considering who would play Morticia, creators wanted a Carolyn Jones type. Mm -hmm. And Carolyn Jones was an actress most notably known for her supporting role in the 1958 film The Bachelor Party. Fun fact about that role, Mm -hmm. character did not have a name. Of course it didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Which when I... She's credited as the existentialist. Uh. And I thought it was funny because she was nominated for an award for this. And with her an and, unnamed character. Oh, and that tells you probably how many roles for women there were. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Uh, you, you don't have a name. You yeah. just have a crisis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's basically it. So at the time, she was considered the ideal image of a femme fatale. As you so kindly told us earlier, pale complexion, long black hair, and described as a doll face. Mm-hmm. Creator and soon-to-be ex-husband of Carolyn Jones said, why get someone like her when we can just get Carolyn Jones? Excellent. (laughs) (laughs) Carolyn describes getting the role, quote, I was in New York last January and Aaron called me to ask, would you like to do a series? No, I replied. (laughs) But then he asked, would you like to do a series based on the Charles Adam New Yorker cartoons? I promptly said yes. (laughs) Which kind of shows the popularity of that show, right? Big fan. When taking on the role, she enjoyed a certain amount of freedom to play the character originally Mm -hmm. and set the standard for the actresses after her. In the series, she is very sexy, Mm -hmm. openly seduces her husband by speaking to him in French. She's seen freely strumming a Japanese music instrument Uh to show that she is musically inclined. She also loves gardening, a.k.a. cutting the buds off of roses, (laughs) (laughs) which she then discards, keeping only the stems. Yep. Classic. And she also has a carnivorous plant named Cleopatra, which just now, because of our two episodes, yeah. feels like a connection That's to Vance. <laughs> oh, I love that. I, it's in the details. Mm. I love that. Mm-hmm. And the couple, so Morticia and Gomez, are generally considered the first television couple who gave the appearance of an active sex life. Perfect. Yeah. I write <laughs> all of their like ooh, bedroom eyes and oh, tish. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it was like, oh, they're getting it on a lot. Yeah. Like, not just as an anniversary surprise, but mm-hmm. like regularly. They enjoy it and yes. need it. <laughs> <laughs> it was during this TV series that also the plunging V-neck became Morticia's, like, solidly. Okay. So in 1965, the Munster star, mm-hmm. Yvonne DiCarlo, requested to change her neckline from the Frankenstein bride square cut to a V-neck like Morticia's. But according to an article, quote, she felt the square neckline accentuated her broad shoulders and that a V-neck would be sexier. But the brass said that Carolyn Jones had appropriated the V-neck for her own and it might look like copying. Mm. So it just became a thing where everybody was like, nope, that's just hers. That's just hers. The live-action TV show ran until 1966, although that was not the end of Carolyn Jones portraying Morticia. She also voiced Morticia in the Scooby-Doo crossover. (laughs) (laughs) Wednesday is Missing is what the episode was called. Oh, okay. And that crossover is considered the pilot episode for the Addams Family series that would come out one year later. Ooh. Carolyn would be replaced for the voice acting 
And her actual final appearance would be as Morticia in the TV movie, The Addams Family, It's Party Time in 1977. Nice. After the 1964 show, but before the 1977 TV movie, there was the animated show that I just talked about. Mm -hmm. And it ran from 73 to 75. Morticia was voiced by the incredibly talented Janet Waldo. Hmm. Best known as the voice of Penelope Pitstop, Judy Jetson, and Josie of Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah. Big deal. Sorry. In the 70s, she was just... This is a busy woman in the 70s. Yeah. It seems like she just had all of the main yeah, <laughs> roles and the main animated fun character roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. We're drinking mimosas and that sure bubbly are. champagne is making a lot of body noises. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, we left off 77. And I have something shocking to tell you. Okay. Although now I realize that the comic strip ran until 88, so this might not be true anymore. But anyways, I have something to tell you. <laughs> but I was shocked to find out, and it's probably a conspiracy. Oh. There is no Adams Family production of anything animated or real in the 80s. No. The whole 80s. Really? Except for maybe the comic strip was running. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> only like, now no, realizing. No TV show, no movies, nope. no the 80s cartoon. Killed, the 80s killed every single member of the Adams Family and wanted nothing to do with them. Oh. <gasps> They were like, yeah, this ooky spooky fam was, that was hugely popular in the 60s and the 70s, it cannot fit anymore. It doesn't fit the vibe of the 80s. What? That, I, you know, though, the vibe of the 80s is it, it's the return of the, like, yeah. This is the Reagan years, it, right? <laughs> literally wrote down, and I don't want to go around pointing fingers willy-nilly, insinuating it's anybody's fault. But the Reagan administration was from 81 to 89. You do the math. And you did the math without even being prompted. I did do the math. So if two of us got to that point, it's Ronald Reagan's fault. It is Ronald Reagan's fault. <gasps> everything everything was like straight, white, heterosexual, Christian, conservative. Mm-hmm. It was everything that into the later 60s and into the 70s, people were trying to be like, hey, but there's other people. Hey, (laughs) over here, can pay attention to us. Mm -hmm. And then Reagan was like, no, you get nothing. All your good shows, gone. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That makes perfect sense. (laughs) God, fucking Reagan. Yeah. So, tragedy. Mm -hmm. Nothing happening in the 80s. But then in the 90s. Boom. Exactly. The Adams Family came back with a vengeance, which resulted in two cinematic masterpieces. Oh my God, <laughs> did it ever. The first film, The Adams Family, came out in 1991 with Angelica Houston playing Morticia Adams. Uh, my queen. Uh, <laughs> the power of this role can only be expressed by saying that Cher wanted to play Morticia. <gasps> but, <gasps> but the- I just gay gasped. <laughs> Right? But the director only had eyes for Angelica Houston. Because obviously. And I mean, she hit it out of the park. Ugh. <laughs> iconic. When I think of Morticia Adams, I only think of Angelica Houston. Only. Done. That's it. Yeah. I know there's other, you know, there's mm-hmm. other people. Who've done it well who've also. Who've done it well also. But Morticia, come on. She is. Angelica Houston is, she's sex in a black dress with red lips. And mm-hmm. I'm like, mm, wah. Yeah. I've said this before. She's somebody who I would consider a handsome woman. Oh my gosh! Yes. And it's that it's that mystique of just like she's enigmatic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the oh. audience knows how this room feels about Angelica. I think, <laughs> I think they do. They certainly do. <laughs> so in the role, Angelica wanted to stick to the known interpretation of it, 
referencing Carolyn Jones's work. Mm-hmm. However, she also drew inspiration from friend and supermodel Jerry Hall. Oh, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Quote, with the Adams family, white turns black and all that's good is bad. But Morticia is the most forgiving mo- mother, understanding and wonderful. I have always seen Jerry as a perfect example of motherhood. That was a- Angelica. <sighs> Gorgeous. Said that. Morticia's iconic look remains in the film and... Of getting ready as Morticia, Angelica said, quote, The makeup was very intense. <laughs> I had stickers attached to my temples, rubber bands that met behind my head. And then on top of that, the wig, fake nails and eyelashes and the corset. Individually, they add up to something monumental. Oh, my God, do they? It was hard to move. There were certain things one could do with one's hands, but that was about it. Fortunately, I wanted to keep Morticia very iconic and still, mm-hmm. which she did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's not fractious at all. She's very settled in her body language. I had a bonfire of the vanities at the end of the movie where I took all the fake stuff, made a pile of it, and set it on fire. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that seems like a perfect ending. Yeah. Truly. Feels like if Morticia had a different mindset, mm-hmm. she would also set a fire at the end. A hundred percent. Yeah. So Morticia's demure and haunting character portrayal is furthered in the movie using lighting. Mm-hmm. So in each shot, some more dramatic than others, Morticia is illuminated by a ghostly glow around the eyes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, she is. <laughs> In this movie, Morticia is perhaps the most openly sexual that she's ever been, which is saying something considering she's never been asexual. (laughs) And in the movies, not only do we know that Morticia and Gomez are having sex, they are partaking in some BDSM. (laughs) With with the line, don't torture yourself, Gomez. That's my job. (laughs) I think in in another quote, she says something about whips and chains. Yeah. It's like, oh. <laughs> oh, yes, the rack at the end of the movie. She loved that. I need to watch that movie. Do you I, immediately? When I was doing these notes, uh-huh. Zeth has not seen Adam's. <gasps> what? Yeah. So it's like coming up, I'm going to sit down with him and we're going probably when I get home today. If Excellent. I, I have. You can set up your new bed. Oh, my God. You can yeah. sit on the bed. Yeah. And you can watch the Adam's family. You bless him. <laughs> Backstory on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> My bed frame broke. At the same time, Cassie acquired a bed frame that she does not like. That didn't fit. Yeah, didn't fit. Yes. And stars aligned. Now I get a new bed frame without having to pay for one. Excellent. Thank you, Cassie. You're very welcome. (laughs) Pay it forward, friends. Yes. (laughs) Where was I? Oh, okay. So, second 90s film now. Mm -hmm. It's Adam's Family Values. With the same cast as before, Mm -hmm. Morticia's character is now the mother of three having recently given birth to old Pubert. Fucking Pubert. (laughs) Other names considered for Pubert. (laughs) Lucifer, Benito, and Mal. (laughs) Oh, I mean... I'm glad they stuck with Pubert. Question mark? (laughs) (laughs) Yep, yep. I'm okay with it. When I was doing the readings and stuff, Uh Pubert was almost the name of Pugsley, but the studio... (laughs) Oh, I bet they (laughs) shut that shit down. No. Yeah. In the 60s? Are you kidding? ABC was like, (gasps) no. It's explicit. Yeah. (laughs) So she has this third child Mm -hmm. and we see how great Morticia is because she communicates her needs very clearly to Gomez during Mm -hmm. this time. Quote, I'm just like any modern woman trying to have it all. Loving husband, a family. 
It's just, I wish I had more time to seek out the dark forces and join their hellish crusade. (laughs) This clear communication leads them to hire a nanny to help take some of the work off of her shoulders, proving again that Morticia keeps herself in a very loving and healthy relationship. Fucking right she does. She knows what she needs. Mm -hmm. She's not afraid to express herself. Exactly. And she trusts that her partner will listen to her and do something. Yeah. It's perfect. (laughs) The 90s had one more Addams Family movie to give us in the direct-to-video movie The Addams Family, The Reunion. Mm -hmm. It had a completely different cast, and the role of Morticia was played by Daryl Hannah, who is described as more sensual than all of her predecessors and is also the worst mother, but we'll get into that. Uh, <laughs> I want you to I want you to accept that Daryl Hannah played Morticia. I will not. <laughs> <laughs> you, I didn't know. You know what? I feel like even if I did mm-hmm. happen upon this or know that piece of information, my brain was like, nope. We're putting that in a box. We're putting it in the back corner because we don't want to think about Daryl, Hannah. Mm-hmm. Wasn't she in Splash? I think so, yeah. I'm sorry. You can't be a sexy 80s blonde mermaid and, and Morticia. Also. Get out. Everybody, I can't. I won't. I do not accept this. Adam's Family, the reunion, is considered the worst Adam's Family movie. Obvious. It has, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Tim Curry. <gasps> Yeah. No. Tim Curry is Gomez Adams and Daryl Hannah is Morticia. I won't. And I love Tim Curry. <laughs> I will not be watching this. There is a version on YouTube. No. That is free if anybody wants to partake in Don't it. Don't do it. I watched some of it and it is inferior in my opinion, but that's because I have very high praise. Very. I got high standards when it comes to the Adams family. Yeah. I could probably watch it for Tim Curry because I love that man so fucking much. Just, I'm it really feels stuck like, on the Daryl Hannah thing, guys. It feels like it would be a fun watch. Just Maybe to, after like, a couple more of these. Yeah, a couple more. We can mimosas. really get into it and enjoy it. Yeah. So we can get into why she's the worst mother, though. <laughs> of all the morticious. Okay. So Pubert does not exist anymore. So oh. Pubert was in that Adam's family, um, family Values. And then they just nixed him from the reunion? Nixed him from the reunion. But there is a reference to him. Oh. Wednesday states that there used to be a third sibling, but Pugsley ate him. <gasps> oh so, my god! <laughs> so I'm just assuming that Daryl Hannah's Morticia allowed her son to partake in cannibalism of her other child, which I personally think is not the best parenting. Sure isn't. <laughs> and she lets them really express them. Like, mm-hmm. Morticia... Angelica Houston's Morticia. Very good mother. Is a very good mother. Let's them express themselves the way they need to. Mm-hmm. Supports them. They so, have a certain amount of independence. Absolutely. But I think she would probably draw the line at like murder and consumption of her new infant. <laughs> I, guess, I guess the second movie, Wednesday and Pugsley do just try to kill Pubert a lot. A couple times. <laughs> sure. But in like fun, whimsical ways, not by eating him. Yeah, that's. Uh, yeah. I'll die on that hill. <laughs> Hey, rest in peace. Thank you. <laughs> Please, God, bury me in the cemetery in the Adams Family plot. Ooh. That That'd cemetery, be popping. That's fucking cool as shit. I'm coming back every Halloween. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, in the late 90s and into the early 2000s, 
there was a show called The New Addams Family, which mm-hmm. is a remake of the 60s series. And Morticia was played by Ellie Harvey, who, due to a younger audience, Morticia is more comical. Okay. Less vampy, a little more jokey, which is fine. Mm-hmm. In 2010, Morticia was portrayed in a musical stage show mm-hmm. where she's played by B.B. Newworth. Oh, that's right. I had not heard of the play prior to these notes. Mm-hmm. But just from reading the description on the Adams Family Wiki and watching one performance, I'm going to say one positive thing and one negative thing. Okay. Maybe a few positive things. Okay. Just because I'm feeling a little... <laughs> feeling a little nice. But I'm going to start with the bad. Again, going off very little, just reading the descriptions. Mm-hmm. It seems like Morticia is very insecure about her appearance and aging in the musical, mm. which doesn't okay. feel on brand to me. No, not at all. She's like, I will be an old crone. I'll be fabulous and I don't care. Yeah. She feels like the kind of person who's like, yes, you can now see the wisdom on me and I'm beautiful. Absolutely. That's mm-hmm. that's what I would want. But mm-hmm. So that's a bad thing. One good thing, though, is that there's a song called Secrets that yep. I listen to. And it's her giving advice to another woman that she should be happy mm-hmm. in her marriage mm-hmm. and should be open and truthful with her husband, which is on brand. Yes. And I cannot... It is a bobbin song. <laughs> it is. I've listened to, on one of my radio stations, my musicals radio stations, mm-hmm. I've heard several songs from Adam's Family, and it's mm-hmm. very fun. Yeah. It seems like a very fun show. Brooke Shields also played her in the musical at one point. Really? Yeah. And I looked, That's I only weird. vaguely looked into it, and I was like, is this the Brooke Shields? I, I'd believe it. That- <laughs> <laughs> That's strange. Yeah, I bl- I yeah, do like Brooke know, Shields. The, those I do. Oh, the power brows, man. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. The latest Adams adaptation is the 2019 film The Adams Family, and the soon to be released The Adams Family Two. Mm. Morticia is voiced by Charlize Theron. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> or Charlize Theron. <laughs> I always forget which one is right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, And the characters are intended to be more true to the original comic strip Mm design-wise, but veers from the retelling of the Addams Family story completely, pretty much. Just to make it like a fun kids animation. yeah, yeah. The second film is going to be a road trip movie. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) That's the kind of vibe shift you're getting. (laughs) Gotcha, gotcha. To sum up, though, Morticia is a multifaceted woman that knows what she wants. She's a good communicator. She's independent, but also fiercely loyal and committed to her family. She's charming and macabre and truly iconic. Amazing. (laughs) Brava. Brava. Ugh. Look, I'm going to be perfectly honest. Danny and I had a conversation Mm -hmm. wherein I was like, I want to talk about Elvira and Morticia and Lily, and, like, all, and then I was like, but maybe I'll go, like, further back mm-hmm. and see where this character kind of comes from, because that'll be super interesting. Yeah. And so I, ugh, I'm so happy that we, we've just <laughs> run the entire gamut. Mm-hmm. Ugh, we, gorgeous. We definitely need to talk about Elvira, though, at ugh, some point. Ugh, amazing. Yeah. Although, I tell you what, Danny and I tried to watch Elvira. A couple years ago, and we were like, oh, this didn't age well. Oh, boy, this didn't age well. (laughs) But, again, iconic spooky lady. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Amazing. When I messaged Danny Uh that I wanted to do Morticia, Uh she said it was a close call. Ooh. And I didn't know what that meant. But But now I do. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) 
Well, that's all we have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. Mm -hmm. If you liked it, you can go ahead and rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening. Mm -hmm. We love to hear from you guys. We love five stars. We really appreciate it. Yes, please and thank you. Also, you can follow us on all of our social medias. I'm still garbage at them, but you know what? (laughs) We're just going to (laughs) keep... We're going to keep promoting them in hopes that we will get better at it. Anyway, Mm -hmm. we are on... Facebook and Instagram at that broads got Moxie and on Twitter at broads got Moxie. Mm-hmm. And if you have any recommendations or, you know, want to talk to us about who we talked about today, past episodes, you can go ahead and send us an email at that broads got Moxie at gmail.com. That's right. Mm-hmm. And we will see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Music by Sage Krenning. Cover art by Vinny Navarrete. Produced and edited by Danielle Barsanti. Side effects of listening to this podcast may include excessive moxie, zero tolerance for the patriarchy, sass mouth, excessive sweating, tipsy tittering, desire to stick into the metaphorical man, fear of cats, empowering women, clammy hands and feet, the inability to do math, lack of patience for the bullshit, thirst for knowledge, questioning the system, cravings for bougie chicken, vodka, and justice, and in some cases can cause death on hills.